Mazara and Para project to Amiwara Herrera, Cabrera, don't let the bandits scare ya Machado, Orbato, or no Get you ready for Fantasy Week 8, everybody. What's going on? Adam Azer with Scott White and Chris Towers here on this Fantasy Baseball Today, Kokomo Friday. Scott, happy happy Kokomo Friday. Big weekend plans, sir? Oh, not for me. No. No big weekend plans. What'd you get your Uh, wife? Except, of course, what's happening on Sunday. Yeah, well, there's that. But did you get your wife a nice Mother's Day gift? Uh, oh, yeah, I guess that's happening, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've been working with my kids on their Mother's Day gift, too. So, okay. yeah, we're we're all ready to go for that. Yes. Chris, did you get your wife a nice yes. Mother's Day gift? Uh, no. No, because she is not a mother. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have, I... we have two cats and a dog, oh. but I don't think that quite counts. Mother of mother I don't know what dog. the exchange rate is. Uh, no, it doesn't count. Uh, well, sorry, it, awkward. So, um, <laughs> who's your favorite two-start pitcher owned in less than 70% of leagues for next week? What, what's that grunt about? Not a good week? Or, <laughs> um, there are some interesting options with good matchups, but they are guys who are not necessarily... Uh, great pitcher. Like Mike Fires has at Seattle at Detroit. It's pretty good matchups. I know he's coming off a no hitter, but you know, Mike Fires has thrown a no hitter before and it did not magically turn him into yeah. a very good pitcher. And Reynaldo Lopez, another one who has really good matchups and has shown some signs this season, but they've been really sporadic. I think he's coming off, if not his most recent start, the one before that was just awful. Um, but he's versus Cleveland versus Toronto, so I guess he's my pick because there's big strikeout potential. Yes, it was two starts ago against Boston. That was terrible. His previous start for Ronaldo Lopez was Cleveland. Six, Not exactly good. Six innings, nine hits, three runs, one walk, two strikeouts. Um, but <laughs> That's Ronaldo Lopez. Yeah, I, I am forced to start him in a two-start week. Uh, Scott, I think I know who you're going to say. Kyle Gibson? Kyle Gibson, Angels and Mariners. Yes. yes. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get him in my lineup, and uh, I actually think it's a pretty good week for two start streamers if, if that's the way if that's what floats your boat, especially if you use eighty percent as the cutoff instead of seventy like you chose. But eighty, you know, who uses eighty? Yeah. that's like why why is it any more cheating to use eighty instead of seventy? Oh, I don't. Is. And obviously, a lot yeah, everybody knows. Everybody knows that. We don't have to everybody knows that. it's seventy yeah. percent, not eighty. Usually, when you when you look at the ownership percentages and you go by position, the big drop uh, where it goes from being a bunch of players owned in this many or more, or you know fewer owned in that Look, many, Scott, is eighty. It's eighty. You can't argue with natural law. It's seventy. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, all right, so Kyle Gibson might be the winner here. Uh, Brandon Woodruff is 75% owned. Jared Eikhoff is 73% owned. Uh, so those would be good options. Tyler Skaggs, if you want a bad pitcher right now. Um, 
Sonny Gray if you want another guy who's been bad and who has terrible matchups. But, yeah, okay, there are, there are some good options. Hopefully one of those guys sneaks through the waiver wire, is available in your leagues. Uh, and then, of course, we'll get into the full list later on in the show. I was going to give you a weekend streamer, but I ran out of time this morning. So if you give me some time, I will have weekend streamers for you at the end of the show, uh, and that'll be great. Uh, we have CBS Sports HQ, our free 24-7 streaming service, and we're going to be on it on Sunday from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m., and it's going to be awesome. So make sure you check it out. Uh, so that's on CBS Sports HQ. Download the CBS Sports app on your Amazon Fire, on your Roku, on your Apple TV, on wherever you watch your apps CBS Sports app, everything is free, and we'll start streaming CBS Sports HQ. And look, right now, it's great. They're, they cover everything. you got highlights. you got analysis. you got smart analysis, not the fake arguments that you see on, uh, on the other TV stations. And Sportsline.com, Sportsline.com. Go to Sportsline.com and get uh, some PGA championship picks and stuff like that. And uh, I gave you the spiel yesterday, I believe. I think that was actually on the football podcast, but... Um, let me get you the promo code. Here it is. Swing. There it is. I thank you. It was buying time. The promo code is swing. Go to sportsline.com. We have great golf coverage and coverage of every other sport. Um, and that's your first month for only $1. Promo code is swing. First month for a buck. All right. I'm feeling a little goofy today. I've got some goofy headlines. Hunter Pence, none the richer, is the first one. Add me. Hunter Pence should have had two home runs last night which would have given him four in his last three games. But Josh Reddick robbed him in the ninth inning. But, boy, Hunter Pence, 17% owned. He is red hot. He's earning more playing time. Is he earning a spot on your roster? Scott White. I mean, he hasn't quite earned enough playing time that I'm picking him up in a standard size league. But the numbers have been really good. And he is a guy who worked this offseason to adjust his swing, work with hitting guru Doug Doug Latta. That's one of the well-known ones who has, uh, I don't remember which one he's known for working with, J.D. Martinez or Justin Turner. One of the one of those hitting gurus who pulled some somebody's career out of nothing and made them something. Uh, though I will point out, in terms of line drives versus fly balls versus ground balls, it doesn't look like that's changed so much, but he's hitting the ball incredibly hard, Hunter Pence is, and uh, probably deserves more playing time given the alternatives on that team. So I'm uh, I'm definitely interested in seeing where this goes. But right now, no, he's mostly playing against lefties. Okay. You know, after I saw that he had homered in two straight games and then he homered again yesterday, I was like, there he goes. <laughs> there he goes again. Yeah. That was a cover, though, so that's why I didn't go with that. I think it's a cover by the lead singer's dad. I'm like 72% sure. Really? Well, I think I saw that on pop-up video. Pop-up video. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, he's seventeen percent owned. How owned should Hunter Pence be? Should he be thirty percent owned? I don't think so. No. All right, let's do the atometer. Let's see who we do want to add. Um, Wade Miley is fifty percent owned. Chris Bassett is forty-three percent owned. Who's higher on the atometer, Wade Miley or Chris Bassett? Uh, I I probably pass it. I don't really buy into what he's doing, and it's worth noting the swinging strikes have been down in the past two starts. But this is now two, uh, two of his last three, I think, with seven innings, nine strikeouts, and you're just not seeing that kind of stuff from a guy on waivers very often. I do think uh, I'm trying to make sure I got this 
figured out right last night, but uh, he's he's very likely a two-star pitcher next week, Bassett, because of the way the off-day lands for the athletics. They tend to skip Aaron Brooks on those days, so it looks like Bassett could be a Tuesday-Sunday two-star pitcher. Oh, interesting, which would give him Seattle and Detroit, I believe, next week. Here's a quote from Chris Bassett uh, talking about his performance so far this season, he, he credits going through Tommy John surgery and not having his stuff in the aftermath of that, learning to pitch with more than just his fastball, and now the fastball velocity's back up, and that's all great. But when asked about strikeouts, do I think this, it's pro, quote, do I think it's probably going to keep up like this? Probably not. But at the same time, I think I can punch a lot of guys out all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I struggle with it. This is a... I think his career strikeout rate is is right around seven per nine, I think. And his previous career high was 7.7. So I just, I have trouble buying in, but given how well he's pitching right now, yeah, he should be more owned than 43%. All right, so Bassett's 43% owned. Miley is 50% owned. Now, Miley got strikeouts last night, but we know that that's not going to typically happen. He will have Detroit on the road next week, and Wade Miley has now gone 24 straight starts without allowing more than three earned runs. So that's That's a useful player. Yeah, 318 ERA, uh, 110 whip. He's going to probably get some wins. He's 3-2. and Uh, He'll get you quality Mm -hmm. starts. So, you know, you have to understand how how important strikeouts are for your team because you're not going to get them with Wade Miley. But it's hard to argue with his consistency and his ability to to six innings, three runs or better, basically. I mean, almost every time out. So, you know, you, you out there, I think, can determine how, how much you want that on your roster. Um, he's certainly not great, but Wade Miley is solid and could be a good streamer for you next week at Detroit. Um, all right, I got some hitters that are on the add meter Zero to ten for these guys. How badly do you want to add Or we could do the ono meter Maybe we should do the, yeah, let's do the ono meter where the number corresponds to the ownership percentage. So a 10 <laughs> means he should be 100% owned, a 5, 50% owned, an 8, 80% owned. Uh, Jake Bowers, in his last 21 games, he is batting 323, but it's mostly singles. It's a 432 Babbitt. Um, nine walks, Still 20 strikeouts. Out too much. Yeah, all right, so so 0 to 10 on the Jake Bowers Ono meter. Four. Yeah, I was going to say three. Oh, well, he's a lot of. 35% you're putting on him on the dropo meter. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I just. He doesn't hit the ball hard yet. I don't want to write him off entirely because the prospect pedigree is pretty good, but they're just he doesn't profile like a power hitter right now at all, and unless he's going to steal 15 to 20 bases, I just don't see what the appeal is. That's Jake Bowers. How about Derek Dietrich? One thing I did not realize about Derek Dietrich is that he had a 290, 363, 496 slash line on the road last year with 12 of his 16 home runs. The two previous years, he hit well on the road, but certainly not that well. Um, but he has batted three straight seasons with the Marlins, 2016, 17, and 18. Derek Dietrich has batted between 284 and 293 on the road. Obviously, this is important because Christian Yelich uh, got a huge bump. Hopefully, JT Realmuto the same, leaving that stupid park and going to a better hitter's park. And Derek Dietrich homered yesterday. He is... Having a really good year, he's f- hit five home runs in his last six seasons. I don't think he plays against lefties. Or five home runs no, in his last six games. seven plate appearances yeah. against lefties so far. He's 33% owned. Ono meter for Derek Dietrich. 
I could go as high as five, I think, given that he's not playing against lefties. He has, however, started against seven straight righties, which is a sign that they're gaining more and more trust in him. Kind of played all over. He's eligible three spots. Um, and I do think there's def- I, I do think there's actual power there that, that may be translating to that park in a way uh, in a way like we saw when once Scooter Jeanette started to get regular playing time there. So it's it's interesting, but again, it's when you're talking less than a full time player, it, it really limits the utility. Okay. He, That's Derek Dietrich. Uh, he should be owned in all daily leagues and all hit by pitch league. <laughs> he gets hit by pitch a lot? Uh yes. Six times already this season. I believe that's more than Michael Franco has unintentional walks. (laughs) That's pretty funny. All right, uh, how about some deeper league guys? Gerard Dyson, two steals yesterday, and he consistently leads off against righties for the Diamondbacks. He is 8% owned. Where's Gerard Dyson on the Onometer? Chris Towers. I'm going to say a four. There's a lot of Roto Leagues out there, and... He probably needs to be owned in most of them. I mean, we talked about him as a Roto League specialist even before he was hitting well, the last, you know, a couple of seasons ago, and now he's actually hitting well. I'm not sure how real that is, but I think it's at least worth taking a flyer on if you need stolen bases. And, you know, with D. Gordon go- likely going on the IL, everyone needs stolen bases right now. Okay, so Dyson's 8% owned. Scott, Howie Kendrick, 18% owned. He's batting 325 with six home runs in 29 games, nine walks, 12 strikeouts, 0 to 10 on the Ono meter for Howie Kendrick. Yeah, that seems too low, 18. Uh, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a five like Dietrich. Like, there's more opportunities, I think, even more opportunities for playing time for Kendrick than there is for, for Dietrich. And, I mean, he's he's really been a good hitter the past few years. A lot of injuries have kept him out of the lineup, but when he's played, he has been productive like we're seeing from him this year. Uh, the power pace might be a little too good to be true, but he's, he can definitely hit. And with the multi-eligibility, um, that, that can be a handy player. Howie Kendrick. All right, Tyler Austin, Jordan Luplo. Can you guys just say no real quick on them? I actually think Luplo's kind of interesting if okay. he's going to play with any regularity. And, you know, with Cleveland, he might. All right. Didn't see that one coming. The past three years in the mind oh, wait. really good. I should so. I should clarify. Is actually, it's it's Luplo. Jordan Luplo. Yeah. I, I would say he's like a 1.8 okay. on the own. All right. Um, and Tyler Austin hit his first two home runs yesterday. They were at Colorado. We're not interested. The dropo meter is more interesting, I think, than the Ono meter today. It is headlined by you, Darvish. It includes Kyle Freeland. Uh, it includes a 92% owned third baseman who does not have an extra base hit so far in only nine games this season. It includes this dude on Colorado who just doesn't get any hits. Um, so let's go to the dropo meter. Uh, and let's start with you, Darvish. You cannot throw strikes. Six walks, seven strikeouts. Uh, one run on one hit in four innings. A very annoying start against the Marlins. He is 86% owned, and he is the most... He's not on the most... Dro- he might be on the most drop list, but he is the most asked, should I drop... That's the best way to say this. Nobody asks... Our listeners ask about dar- dropping you, Darvish, more than they ask about dropping any other player. Uh, Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. 
Zero to ten on the dropo meter for you, Darvish. Uh, maybe like a five. The way I put it in the in today's waiver wire column is if if I'm in the sort of league where prospects are being stashed in the hope they make an impact down the line, I don't know why Darvish is any less promising of a prospect than that. Uh, and, and I still say the main thing he's doing wrong is throwing no, not throwing enough strikes. Now that's like a really bad thing because he's, he's walking everybody. Uh, but the exit velocity is about where it's been in throughout his career in terms of hard contact given up. The launch angle is actually really low. Um, so, you know, not not giving up the kind of contact that should allow a lot of power. And his swinging strike rate is the highest of his career, or at least it was before yesterday. So he's still doing some things well. He just needs to get the he just needs to get it over the plate. Okay. Yeah, my my only problem with like here's what you Darvish is doing right is is he even doing that on purpose, given how poorly he's throwing the ball? Like, yeah, his ground ball rate is, I believe it's by far a career high. Or, yeah, 52.8%. He's usually been a 40% guy. Uh, but I don't know how much credit to give him for that, given that he can't control where he's throwing the ball. And then there's... Just the fact that he's not inducing a lot of swings. He's down to 41% swing rate. Uh was 45 to 47 the last couple of years. That just tells me that hitters aren't really being fooled right now by him. And uh, if Heath was here, he would make fun of the way I said that word. Was fooled? <laughs> fooled? Fooled. 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 Pool. But you switch it. Pull. Yeah, because when you're supposed to say pull, you say pool. It's, Look, it's the Miami accent. Mm. <laughs> I like the way Michael Caine says fooled at the end of the prestige. What does he say? Fooled. fooled. He says fooled. He says. That's what he said. He, yeah. he says, uh, wait, hold on. He says. You. Okay, Yasiel Puig <laughs> on the dropo meter. Yasiel Puig, 0 to 10. It's a zero. I'm still buying. I'll, I'll fill in the blanks for you. I still want to buy though on Yasiel Puig. He's too good. He's two eighty five. Yeah, he's a buy low for sure. But you know, it there's a lot of outfielders out there. There's a lot of three outfielder leagues out there, and what I, are you I'll go do? three on the drop a meter. Right. Yeah, so I wrote on CBSSports.com yesterday. Uh, I kind of stole the worryometer from you, Adam, <laughs> but I turned it into the concern level ometer. Because <laughs> I didn't want to infringe on your intellectual property rights. Yeah, I'm and the first guy to do meters on shows, for yeah. sure. What I said about <laughs> Yasiel Puig was you were betting on the talent coming into the season, and you still are, but you aren't starting him now. I I don't know how that translates to dropping. I think you probably want to hang on to him or buy low. Um, but there's not any good signs right now. I also invented buy or sell. That was totally me. Kyle Freeland, 81% owned, 0 to 10 on the drop meter Freeland has a 584 ERA. 10. <laughs> 10 from Chris. I mean, I'll go 8. It should probably be dropped, yeah, in, in standard-sized leagues. Miguel Andujar, batting 143, slugging 143. He's only played nine games, and Andujar does not have an extra base hit. He has one walk to seven strikeouts. He is 92% owned. Andujar drop meter uh, maybe like a, maybe like a two, 
Uh, his ownership percentage never dipped below 90, even when there was questions about whether he might miss the full season with the shoulder injury. And I think there's questions about how he performs with the torn labrum in his shoulder. But I don't think we've given enough him enough time yet to um, to know if, if it's impacting him in any way. And obviously there's enough need for him still that his ownership percentage never dropped below 90. So I'll go two. We did have concerns about him losing playing time before the shoulder injury. And I do wonder, like, if the Yankees didn't have 8,000 people on the injured list, roughly, if he might have already had the surgery. If, if it's just kind of they are so desperate for bodies that they're going to try and see if he can power through this. But so far, the signs are extremely, extremely poor. Uh, and then finally, guys, Ryan McMahon. He is only 62% owned. I, I had mentioned this is a really big week for him. They had nothing but home games, but they did have a lot of lefties on the schedule. He started against a lefty yesterday. It didn't go well. And Ryan McMahon is batting 225 with three home runs, 12 walks to 28 strikeouts in 25 games. Zero to 10, drop a meter on McMahon. Four. Seven. Ooh. Okay. Ready to give up. Chris is giving up. I mean, I, I giving up this, the faith. I mean, I don't know. I, I hope he's good. I'd love to see some evidence of it. <laughs> Scott, uh, we have an email, and I want to get some prospect talk at some point. Actually, why don't we do it right now? Mm-hmm. We have an email. Um, okay. What do you think about Brandon Rogers? Let me just see who this email is yeah, from, he, so I can credit it. He is among my he is among my top five prospects to stash. Obviously, McMahon hasn't gone well, and um, the other guy I can't think of his name. Who's the other guy? Garrett Garrett Hampson. That's gone. That's gone even worse for the Rockies. So it looked like a really interesting position for them coming into the season with a lot of upside. Is become a sore spot, and Brendan Rodgers, that's what he's playing most at AAA. He's their top prospect. He's had kind of an up-and-down minor league career, but has been much more patient this year, and the numbers have been really good over the past month or so. So I don't know how close they are to pulling the plug on McMahon, but if they do do that, Rodgers seems like an obvious beneficiary. My other top prospects to stash include Jesus Luzardo, who, you know, he still hasn't he's still not back on the mound, but I don't think it'll take long for him to get to the majors once he does return. Um I also think Kevin Vigio is still up there. The fact that he's twenty four makes it so there's not much incentive to hold him back really. Give me the give me the and, position uh, when you you know, Lizardo starting pitcher. Kevin, yeah. Kevin Vigio's eligible at second base, though he might be like a super utility type. He started at four different positions at triple A this year. Uh, a new one is Zach Gallen. Yeah. Is that, is that the right way to pronounce it? Of the Marlins who play Old Town in, Road, Adam. Oh, okay. In an environment at AAA where offense is just off the charts because they changed the ball down there. Gallen keeps throwing like two hitters, three hitters over seven innings with more than a strikeout per. He's not regarded for having particularly good stuff, but his command, uh, especially he made a tweak this offseason in his delivery, and his command is just top-notch, obviously translating to big things in the minors. I don't think Sandy Alcantara or Alcantara is long for the role in Miami with the way he's been pitching, and 
It won't be long before Gallon gets his shot. That's all I got for you, Chris. I'm not playing Old Town Road. I will play Wild Stallions from Bill and Ted's oh, okay, Excellent okay. Adventure. Um, he, he, could, he could be the Forgotten Stallion. Zach Gallon. Yeah, he was, I think, a, just like a throw-in in the Marcelo Zuna trade. And he kind of looks like the most promising member of that trade right now. And I do believe he added a little bit of velocity this offseason. Um, there was talk about that in spring training. He, he looks pretty good. Yeah. All right, so we got Biggio, yep. Lazardo, Gallon. Give me two more names real quick, just names. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the names. Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Alvarez. Stash him. Yes, Jordan Alvarez. That's the biggest one. How could I forget him? Yes, yes. They're actually talking about it in the Astros front office. Uh, they're in the they're in the Jeff Luno starts making excuses phase of of his trajectory to the majors. So, his defense needs to work. <laughs> Which it does. I mean, in fairness, he's not a good defender really anywhere, and they want him to play left field. But he could play DH right now, and it's not like they, it's not like they couldn't find a way to fit him in the lineup. They just want to make sure that he's like fully ready to be a professional when he gets yeah. up. Yeah, and he's all that entails. Like a suit. He's like an Indochino suit. Just yeah. got to be very professional. All right, uh, well, let's pay some bills. We'll take a quick break here on Fantasy Baseball today. Got a lot more coming up. We got some good emails to read. Uh, we're going to rank some starting pitchers. We're going to grade some Clayton Kershaw trades. We're going to update you on some bullpens. Is the Braves bullpen? Ugh. Uh, and, of course, obviously help you get your lineup set for the following or the upcoming week, week eight. Stick around. More to come on Fantasy Baseball today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, here we go. Three emails outside Ebbing, Missouri. What a weird name for a category. (laughs) But that is a great, that is one of the best movies I've seen in like a really long time. I never saw it. Oh, it is so good. Uh, All right, so Andrew wants to know, well, he says, he implores us, you guys need to talk about how terrible Daniel Murphy is. In a platoon, in a lefty-heavy division, most people spend a fifth-round pick on Daniel Murphy. He is un- uosterable at the moment. I think that probably (laughs) meant unrosterable at the moment. Uh, I have to disagree with that, but he is off to a bad start batting 192. And he's actually, he's not bad against lefties. Uh, last year he yeah. was bad against lefties, but typically he's yeah. not. So is he actually he in started... a platoon or is he just getting days off? Yeah, I think he's just getting days off. Yeah. I mean, he's an old guy who's injury prone. I think one of the two. So he started, he started two of four against lefties since he returns. And so he's in the stage of his career where, Probably going to sit most of the time when there's a day game after a night game. Um, so that, that comes with the territory. And yeah, he hasn't performed yet. You know, it's it's like, for but him, will it's he? like what, April 12th or something? Yeah, like, that's true. It's 14 but games for Murphy. Yeah. So are we yeah. are we going to put the buy low tag on Daniel Murphy? Absolutely. Yeah. I think something like 35%, maybe 40% of his plate appearances have come at home so far as well. Yeah, come on. He's really good. He's really good. Don't you know? Be aware that he might sit a little bit. So maybe we should, 
maybe we should downgrade him from what we thought he'd be preseason. Uh, is he more like a seventh round pick if we were drafting today instead of a fifth round pick? But buy low on Daniel yeah. Murphy. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't drafting him in the fifth round in the first place, even though I liked him. That seventh seventh round seems more appropriate. Uh, I'm a little more worried about David Dahl. I don't know, like, he has sat two straight games against lefties, and he's struggling. He's batting 161 in his last 10 games. But I don't like seeing him sit against lefties. We'll keep an eye on it, but just just leave him in the stinking lineup. All right, John from Philly. What is up with the lack of attention that Josh Bell is getting? On Wednesday, he had a 474-foot home run into the Allegheny River. Um, becoming only the fourth player to do so since PNC Park opened up in 2001. Okay, we need to give more love to Josh Bell, number nine in points. What do you mean Schroeder. more love to Josh Bell? He's the, he's the super shredder. Like we talk, guys, we don't talk about him enough. You guys know how far the Allegheny River is at PNC Park. This isn't like a McCovey Cove situation. You got to hit to catch it on the fly. You got to hit a freaking bomb. He did. That's yeah. he is crushing the ball right now. Like there is. There is every sign that this breakout is real when we're talking about Josh Bell. 53% hard hit rate, which is in the top 5% of the league. Top 5% of the league and expected WOBA. 94.5 mile per hour average exit velocity with a 12% launch angle or 12 degree launch angle, which is an improvement over the last couple of years. He's a really good prospect who's worked on his swing over the last couple of years to elevate the ball more. And that's what we're seeing right now. And I, I think the results obviously speak for themselves. And then they're backed up by the advanced stats. So I'm I'm very, very happy with Josh Bell right now. And you liked him. And that was a player I love. Yeah, that was a good call. So jo- better than my U Darvish player I love. Uh, would you rather have <laughs> Josh Bell or Joey Gallo? Uh, no, sorry, of Joey Votto. Josh Bell or Joey Votto? I'd certainly rather start Bell right now. That's not what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it sounded like you were. <laughs> I never asked that. I don't see why there's any reason to make that choice. Um, I'm going to choose Vado still. He deserves the full, as much patience as I can afford any player. Joey Votto deserves it. And as we sit here on May 10th, uh, you know, it might it might be late June before I really start to think about phasing Votto out. For my fantasy team. Okay. Uh, how about our third email, Jesse from Atlanta? Since being demoted to AAA, Malik Smith is hitting 474 with five steals in five games. Uh, when he was demoted, Scott Service said it would likely only be temporary. My question is, how quickly do you think Malik Smith will be recalled, and would you pick him up and stash Smith in a roto league? He should have never been dropped in a roto league. I mean, how many steal specialists are out there? So, yeah, pick him up now before it's too late. I, it could be any day he returns. They they could obviously mix him into the lineup. They don't. You know, a lot of their hot performers at the start of the season have cooled off. Yeah. Uh, I am mad. I don't, I don't think they're on the verge of, like, just outright benching anybody. But Malik Smith would be a part of that mix. And, and yeah, I, I mean, you don't, you don't necessarily need full-time at bats even to make a big impact in that category where so few players are capable of making a big impact. And the other thing to keep in mind with Seattle is they started off the season awesome and it was like, oh, hey, maybe they're not rebuilding. They're rebuilding. The team has just completely run out of gas. They had 
a bunch of really good performances early on, but they haven't been able to sustain those. Most of, like like Scott said, a lot of the guys who were incredible early on, Domingo Santana is one of them, have slowed down. I think they probably go into sell mode pretty soon. And that doesn't necessarily guarantee they'll be making trades, but I would guess by the end of July, Jay Bruce isn't on this team. Maybe Domingo Santana isn't on this well, team. Encarnacion, Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah. Second baseman Edwin Encarnacion, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, getting getting some work out there to to boost his trade value. No, <laughs> no, he he had his play second base yesterday, and I think they hit one ball to him, and he dove for it, and he hurt his wrist, but he's fine. But Encarnacion is actually having a good year. Um, we got to give him some credit. Uh, would you rather have Encarnacion or Josh Bell? I know I rank Encarnacion higher, but that's. That's a range where it gets tricky because, like, they're both obviously must-own. So maybe you're ranking them for trade purposes. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm usually going to side with the track record there unless it becomes blatantly obvious Bell is better than Encarnacion. I don't think we're to that point yet. Scott, it really he really does not like my rankings questions today. I asked him, you know, Bell versus Vado. He's like, I don't see why you'd have to do that. And then I asked him, Bell for Encarnacion. He's like, eh, that's well, just, it's just dumb. Dummy. I, it's not that I don't like your questions. It's just when, like, it, it's, a, it's a range. When you're talking about the upper level of the rankings and when you're talking about slow starters versus hot starters, it, it's you run out of ways to defend your position and you have to come up with new ones because okay. you get tired of saying the same thing over and over again. You, you so that's more answered, You could have just answered the Josh Bell Encarnacion question like Heath would. Josh he, Bell at first base, Edwin Encarnacion at DH. He would have gone. He oh. would have gone. <sighs> and then he would have answered. Well, sure. News and notes. Buster Posey's on the seven-day concussion IL. That could be a quick one. He's hoping to play next week. Mike Clevenger, all things been pretty good so far. He's expected to return in June. Drew Pomeranz is on the IL. Danny Santana sat with Ronald Guzman off the IL for Texas. So that's a situation we will have to check out. Uh, Sean Kelly is on the IL with an infection. Jose Leclerc was bad yesterday. So how interested are you in picking up Chris Martin? I I think the clocks are starting to play for him or something. Yellow. Yeah. Viva la vida. Yellow, like a a yellow light on picking him up? Or are you saying... Yeah, viva la vida on Chris Martin's save time. Yeah, I think you're like a scientist. This is working really well. This is just... You're really riffing. We're flowing. You're the scientist of, of Coldplay puns today. Those improv classes have really been paying <laughs> off. Scott, you're very <laughs> interested in picking up Chris Martin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we don't know what kind of infection it is for uh, Kelly. I, I haven't seen any reports of that. But if it's serious enough to put him on the IL, it could be, it could be one of the bad ones. And, uh, I mean, Martin's been pretty good this year. He has allowed three home runs, which has inflated his FIP. Obviously, not many innings for a relief pitcher, but he's not a fly ball pitcher. I don't think that's really going to be an issue for him going forward. And since Leclerc, having issued three walks yesterday, it's not really showing signs of being ready to step back into the role. Like Martin could theoretically take this job and run with it. As of last night, he was only 6% owned. So uh, obviously, there's a lot of room for that to go up. He also he just bought the baseball at the speed of sound. <laughs> he also just bought a uh, a Malibu home for five point seven five million dollars. Five point five million dollars. Although that could be the Coldplay guy. It's probably the Coldplay guy. 
Uh, yeah, he, he told uh, he told the manager uh, about the ninth inning situation. Oh, I will try to fix you. Uh, so this is enough. Um, <laughs> Luke Jackson blew a save yesterday, but he was used as the closer, and then A.J. Minter was bad. He lost the game in the 10th. And let's be fair to Luke Jackson. He gave up four runs in his first appearance of the season, and this was last night his first run allowed since March 28th. So he has actually been really good. Uh, D. Gordon was hit by a pitch on the wrist. X-rays were inconclusive, but apparently J.P. Crawford was scratched from his AAA game. So it could be an IL stint for Gordon, and it could be a call-up for Crawford. Chris Davis hopefully will return today. Aaron Hicks will likely return Monday. Jed Lowry is not going to be activated today. He is not hitting well, so they're going to take some time with Jed Lowry. Steven Matz does end up going on the IL with a nerve issue in his elbow. Albert Pujols is the third player in MLB history with 2,000 RBIs. He hit a home run to get there, and the fan is the keeping the ball. Okay, so he's probably the fifth player because Babe Ruth and Cap Anson <laughs> probably did it, but are, but they weren't accounted as official stats before 1920. Thank you, Chris. Jesse Winker sat with quad tightness, and Edwin Encarnacion appeared at second base, but don't get used to that. Don't expect him to pick up first uh, second base eligibility. we got to take one more quick break on Fantasy Baseball today, and when we come back, grade the trade, Twitter polls, uh, most added list. Are we still buying it? Angels in the route field. Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, and uh, more stupid puns right after this on Fantasy Baseball Today. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Okay, grade the trade, the Clayton Kershaw edition. This is for, what are you laughing at, Scott? Angels of the Routfield? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Okay. You're you're the guy who's reading his own tweet on you, the air. What do you mean? Oh, like You I'm, know what I mean. Like I'm literally reading you my own tweet? You tweeted that like 12 hours ago. Oh, but I tweeted it when I wrote the segment into the show notes. Like the show came first, then the tweet. Then I said it on the air. Uh, grade the trade from Chris. I give up Benintendi and Kershaw. I get Judge and Corbin in a points league. Benintendi and Kershaw for Judge and Corbin. Um, C minus. <laughs> yeah, that's. I might even go D plus. Like we we have no idea when Judge is getting back. Yep, that's the thing. It, it could be months. It it could be six weeks, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a while and. Um, I, I think you, I think you bought, I, th- I think you sold low on Benintendi here and while well, Corbin is better than Kershaw, not, not by a huge amount. Ben from Newmanstown, Pennsylvania, grade the trade in a categories league, 10 team categories league, Kershaw and Brantley for Jose Ramirez, Kershaw and Brantley for Jose Ramirez. I mean, I definitely rank Jose Ramirez the highest of these three. F plus? And it is ten teams, which makes it it's more justifiable. I just it's really hard to give up a high end pitcher like that. And Brantley, it's obviously must start. I think even in a ten team league, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'd go C minus, F plus, and a C minus. All right, before yeah, we I get, mean, are we a hundred percent sure Brantley's not as good as Ramirez? No, but well, I mean, I think if you're playing it, fantasy baseball, you got to probably still think that Jose Ramirez is better than Brantley. I'm not a hundred percent sure. 
Yeah, definitely just, expect more steals from Ramirez yeah. than Brantley. Yeah. That might be it at this point. Oh, please don't be right about that. I hope well, I'm it's, wrong. It's, more, it's, it's as much to do with, like, Michael Brantley's a good hitter than anything else, right? I mean. Yeah, no, he's just really good. He fits in that park and lineup really well. He's been, I think I read he has the most wins above replacement of any free agent signed this offseason. Wow. Yeah. Even ahead of Corbin? I believe so. Maybe maybe it was any position player, but yeah, that that was what I saw yesterday. Even ahead of Giovanni Urshela? All right, so a couple Twitter polls to update you on here. Uh, I went back to the uh, the debate from yesterday. Your team's down 5 nothing in the sixth inning. You're at the game. The opposing pitcher has a no-hitter. What would you rather see? You're there in person. A, your team's comeback win. B, a no-hitter. People, I what's wrong with you? Every 60%... Ridiculous. Sixty percent no, said your team's comeback win. Like, the, the there is no, there is no honor in like being a fan in and of itself. And this is just you're rooting against history. You're rooting against something that you will never get the chance to see again. It's true. So that your team can win I, one I random regular win. season game. I came to see a win for the hometown team. That's why I'm there. That's why I want I'm to watch baseball. For. You know, well, okay, maybe you're just not a big enough fan, Chris. Maybe that's what it boils down to. Because I'm, I'm no, a, I, so I'm a so when fan. other pitchers throwing a no hitter, you're rooting for the pitcher as opposed to your own team. Like oh, absolutely. When Roy like Halladay threw his perfect game against the Marlins, like once we got to like the sixth, seventh inning, I was one hundred percent rooting for Roy Halladay to get that. Yeah. I wanna I, watch I wanna watch standout athletes standing out. I don't wanna watch something that happens probably five times per season. Like a four run comeback, you're at that game, you're really you're gonna forget that game in three weeks. It's true. You will never forget having been at a no hitter. He's right. He's right, folks. He's wrong 100%. about one he's wrong about I guess something it though. Go to, but I you know, I've never been the type of person to go to that many games that I can really forget any of them. Um you uh, know, I I think it's annoying I think it's kind of annoying personally when the opposing pitcher's throwing a no hitter he loses it late in the game, and and the home crowd or the road crowd in this pitcher's case starts to to applaud. Like I love it. Oh, it was a good effort. Like no, Jeez, no, Scott. you should be happy. Lost Ebenezer over there. Uh, all right, and then Chris is really wrong about this Twitter poll. Um, yeah. I is my Twitter poll, but his take is wrong. Which of these three songs is the best ska song? Uh, Sell out by Real Big Fish. The impression that I get by the Mighty Mighty Boston's or Superman by Goldfinger, which I had to go and listen to on YouTube. I had heard it. I didn't remember that I heard it, but I, oh, I've heard that song. It's okay. It's really it's very okay. It's such a good song. Um, well, it's tied with Sell Out at 29% for second place. The impression that I get, and I think this is the right answer, uh, wins the poll at 42%. So I'm just going to quote you and the very rude thing that you said on, I believe, Tuesday's podcast, which was, quote, 40% of my Twitter followers are idiots. <laughs> no, apparently 60%. I believe, 60%, I believe this rule holds in this case. No, 60% because those, those are the 60% said your team's comeback win over a no-hitter. Uh, let's go to the most added list. True. Good point. Uh, Martin Perez and Anthony DiSclefani are 1 and 2. They are 84 and 73% owned, respectively. Jake Odorizzi is 84% owned. Derek Dietrich, 34%. How about Jeffrey Rodriguez at 33% owned? Um, and then Spencer Turnbull at 55% owned. Do any of the starting pitcher ownership percentages seem out of line or out of whack to you? Martin Perez, DiSclefani, 
Odorizzi, they're all 73 to 84% owned. And then you've got Turnbull at 55% and Jeffrey Rodriguez at 33%. Odorizzi will seem high when he's not on a two-star week. Like, I would imagine he will come back down after. He, he's a two-star pitcher next week, Odorizzi? I believe he's a two-star pitcher this week, right? Uh, yes. Yes, maybe. Yeah, I, Probably. I don't think 55 is too high for him. He's, no, no, no. He said he was 73. Odorizzi is 84. Spencer Turnbull is 55%. That's that's too much. Yeah. 55? 84. It's too much? Oh, for, for Odorizzi. Yeah. Yeah, he's a two-star pitcher this upcoming week, so it's probably not going down. But, yeah, After I don't... That. I don't I don't yeah I don't think it's I don't think he's like he's not even necessarily among my advisable two start options for this week maybe in a points league but that's it okay sorry to be a jerk face but I I don't see him I think he's a two start pitcher this current week well Adam I just went through this last night no well he's not listed currently as a yeah, I think I think what happens is they have a double header this weekend, so the the projected starters tool is kind of messed up because of that. Well, he, he pitched based on, the on my calculations. He's a two star pitcher this upcoming week. I think Scott's wrong. Uh, what else on the most added <laughs> list? Uh, Danny Duffy, thirty one percent. Chris Bassett, forty four percent. So Duffy, Bassett, and Spencer Turnbull. If these guys are available in your leagues, are you adding any of them? Uh, I mean, it just depends how if what kind of space I have. I I would like to add both Turnbull and Bassett. I think Bassett's a dog. <laughs> I already made a Bassett hound joke the other day, Chris. No, it's actually, I didn't hear it. It was at the very end of yesterday's I, show, and it was if people who love prospects are prospect hounds, what do you call people who love Chris Bassett? And Scott, Bassett Scott Bassett was. Head. Scott was disgusted. He was like, "Are they Bassett House?" <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Yep." I, uh-huh. I well, I mean, it was, it was. I mean, did I really need to answer it at that point? It was such an obvious. That's why you go with the misdirect. Well, I'm not that quick on my feet, Chris. Hey, Scott. I, I don't know. What are we projected to go Monday? I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at it again. <sighs> projected to go right. Two star pitcher. No, he's not going no, to be. He's, no, he's wrong. Oh, two star okay. pitcher. He pitched Good. on May fourth. How, how is that? He pitched on May fourth. That that was six days ago. He's probably screw- okay. We'll we'll find out. You and I will <laughs> we'll talk about it on Monday. Um, okay, last guy on the most added list: Jorge Soler, fifty-two percent owned. What do you think about that? Soler, he's fine. fine. He's giving you good. He's giving you good power. Strikes out way too much. He's a top ten sleeper hitter for me this upcoming week, but. I don't see much reason to own him in like a three outfielder league. Yeah, he's kind of um, like the ultimate replacement level hitter right now, I think, in fantasy. Just because what he provides you is available everywhere, and he doesn't really do much besides hit homer. So, yeah. like, he's fine to have if you need someone to replace uh, either a slumping bat or someone who gets hurt, but. Definitely not a must-own. Solaire leads baseball with 53 strikeouts, so that's obviously going to tank his points league value, but I start him in two roto leagues. Both of them are five outfielder leagues. Okay, I stink Mm. at producing this show, 
There is so much to get to and about 10 minutes left. So that's pretty bad on my part, and I apologize. So let's go fast here. Tell me, are you still Wait buying a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I know. He doesn't. Jake Odorizzi's, he, I know. Jake Odorizzi's pitching tonight. Yep, I know. The, tonight. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Not a two-star So pitcher. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to double-check that, I guess. I don't know what happened there. Okay, are you still buying it? These guys got off to hot starts and um, haven't been so good lately. So I really need you to be quick, guys, so we can fire through the rest of the show. Yoan Moncada, are you still buying it? Yes. Yes. Yandy Diaz, are you still buying it? No. Yes. Yeah, I am, because the, no? the plate discipline's still been really good, even though he's been slumping. I'm pretty sure last I saw his... One of the big things about him was, well, he hits the ball hard, the Rays are a you know, a stats-heavy organization, and they're going to coax uh, better results out of him. And right now, his launch angle is actually lower than it was last year, and so is his ex- average exit velocity, and so is his hard hit percentage. And so that doesn't really back up what we thought was happening with Yandy Diaz. Uh, Trey Mancini, are you still buying it? No. Ish. Okay. His batting average has still been pretty good. Um, okay. His batting average might be pretty good. It's more the power production. Is it going to be? Is it going to be enough to make him a real standout? Somebody you want even in a three outfielder league? Jason Hayward, are you still buying it? No. No. Michael Franco, are you still buying it? Absolutely not. No. Chris, very harsh today. Not buying it. We're not buying it with most of these guys, but we are with Yoan Moncada, and Chris is not, but Scott is with Yandy Diaz. Angels in the route field. They won 13 nothing yesterday. They routed the Tigers. Cole Calhoun, 42% owned. He had a good game. Tommy LaStella has already set a career high in home runs, um, and he has nine. He had 10 home runs yeah, he's... going into 2019 in 396 games. That was interesting. And then uh, Felix Pena didn't start the game. They had an opener, but Felix Pena threw seven scoreless innings with seven strikeouts, and he has pretty good numbers this year. Um, any, Scott, you want to say anything about the Angels, Cole Calhoun, Tom, Tommy LaStella, and Felix Pena? Calhoun and LaStella both are in my top 10 sleeper hitters for next week. Uh, LaStella is getting to be pretty interesting because there there is no real track record of power in either the majors or the minors. The fly ball rate is up, and it's it's obviously gone on long enough that I don't think we can just continue to laugh it off. I mean, he has three two-homer games this year. Um, and his strikeout rate, like the main thing he does is make contact. Like that hasn't been stifled by this power outburst. His strikeout rate would have led the league last year. He walks a lot more than he strikes out. Come like on, the biggest thing bad. holding me back from picking up Lestella at this point is that he doesn't play against left-handed pitchers. But he's bad. But, he's bad. He's in a hot streak. He, like this guy's like the worst yeah. track, the worst streak. career. He's so he he does have the worst like, career. An, an average exit velocity after not really hitting the ball hard at all prior to this. His a- average launch angle and fly ball rate are up. So, given the offense environment, it is conceivable that he could sustain uh, a career power pace, but. It kind of feels like every time Eric Sogard joins a new team and he's good for like three weeks, you know? But nine home run. I mean, Sogard's never yeah, but, hit nine home runs. But run. look at the segment that we just did. We just said we're not uh-huh. buying it anymore for 
Trey Mancini, Jason Hayward, Michael Franco, and half of Yandy Diaz. So it's different standard. Well, I'm, I mean, Lastella's out homered all of them, right? Even Moncada. Like this it, uh, is he? Has I, it? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Like if a hot streak for past Lastella would have been like you know two home runs over a three or over a six week stretch nine. I don't know. Like right, but it's still just six weeks. Yeah, but it's nine. Like I'm not saying he's going to hit 40 home runs, but I am. It it it's okay. No, I'm right, not no, but that's my question. Not at like, all. A career best power pace for him would be 12 home runs from this point on. Yes, but his plate discipline's so good that if he finds his way into everyday at bats, particularly with second base elig- eligibility, that would still be super valuable in fantasy. Um, yeah. and look, he's only 30% owned. I haven't added him in anything of a standard size because of that playing time question. But I, he's he's not disinterested. I'm, I'm not disinterested in Listella. Okay. Uh, all right. Here's a here's our next segment. I'm going to throw. I'm going to say like 15 pitchers, and you're going to give me a one to two sentence thought on them. J Hap. Uh, he went back to throw it to, to emphasizing the four seamer yesterday. And so the strikeouts were back after doing the two seamer thing. He's, he's always going to be hard to pinpoint because he kind of changes his approach like that. He's fine. Joe Musgrove. Uh, (laughs) Joe Musgrove certainly thinks he's fine. He said he watched the tape of his performance twice after leaving yesterday's game and thinks there's just a couple small tweaks he needs to make. The five walks, I mean, that's the most he's ever had as a professional, majors, minors. He's never done that before, so I I think that's a total fluke. But obviously two bad starts in a row. Okay, okay. Too long, sorry. We should have talked about him earlier. Mike Soroka. Mike Soroka. He's good. Must start. Pretty much. Luke Weaver. Close. Luke Weaver. Must own. Available in 12% of leagues. Go get him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, he's on yeah. all my leagues. Um, the cutter seems to be the third pitch he was lacking. He tried for the curveball last year. It didn't go well. Cutter's going better. Rich Hill. He'll be okay. Yeah. Mike Miner. I, I, I think we might have seen the... Uh, we might have seen the start of him turning. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. This was uh, he's got some good stuff, man. I watched that start. Like his pitches move. He's got velocity. He's got an arsenal. Look, he's. I don't think he's going to turn back into a pumpkin. I don't think he's going to be crap. But well, he wasn't crap last year. He was fine. He has he has a lot of pitches that are effective. In that, I always. I always like that as opposed to just there's one and he has to figure out a way to make that unpredictable. Um, yeah, this wasn't really that bad of a start, yeah. I mean, especially yeah. considering the Astros. I'm not I'm not abandoning my faith in minor based on this start. OK, uh, rank Musgrove, Soroka, Weaver, minor. Minor, Musgrove, uh Weaver Soroka. I'll move Weaver ahead of Soroka. Yeah. Uh, Weaver Soroka Musgrove. 
I think we have that to was, look at. I think we have to look at two star pitchers the, now. Backward. Yeah. Scott, I've totally hey, lost my faith in knowing what a two star pitcher is, even though I should be the most no, prepared of anyone. Scott, it, it, double headers screw things up. So I forgive you. Yeah, well, I, I think I think what it would think be I know that I went day by day to try and figure out who was starting for the Twins and what's the other team, the Tigers, I think. You know what? Look, yeah. you're busy getting a Mother's Day gift for your wife. <laughs> I forgive you. Uh, let's take sure. let's take a look at two star pitchers now. Yeah. Uh, are you going to start Joe Musgrove at Arizona and at San Diego? Yes, I think so. All right, Mike Fultonevich is apparently a two. Yeah, he was supposed to be a two star pitcher this current week, but he'll be a two star pitcher next week, and we'll be sitting him again, right, against St. Louis and Milwaukee. We might be dropping him. I'm not ready to drop him, but yeah, he with if his velocity stays down two miles per hour, I don't think that's something he's um, equipped to survive. Chris, do me a favor and uh, take over from here, starting with Brad Peacock and as many guys as you want to talk about, and I will look for some weekend streamers. Brad Peacock's an interesting one. Coming off his best start of the year, he does get at Detroit to start off the week, but at Boston, Scott, does that make him more of a head-to-head than a categories league two-start option? He's 10th in my two-start pitcher rankings and just outside of the must-start group, so I I would advise him anywhere. Brandon Woodruff at Philadelphia at Atlanta coming off his best start. Really good stuff. Tough match. Yeah, I like I do that in spite of the matchups. Tyler Skaggs, great matchups, pitching really poorly at well at Minnesota is not a great matchup. It's a pretty bad one at this point, but I don't quite buy them as the best offense in baseball. Uh, But Casey, are you starting him at all? Casey's good. A good matchup, but uh, it would it would be a desperation type move in a points league. I, I'm not excited to start him. I do have him ahead of Fulton Evich in my rankings, though. Eikhoff or Fulton Evich? Eikhoff versus Eikhoff. Milwaukee versus Colorado. Yeah, Eikhoff I'm fine with. Um, Sonny Gray's got oh. really tough matchups. Cubs, yeah. Dodgers. Yeah, points. he's he's kind of fringy. I would probably wouldn't do it in a categories league, but maybe in a points league. Kyle Gibson against the Angels at Seattle over Sonny Gray? Yeah. No, I, I definitely like what Kyle Gibson has done his last three starts. He's getting a lot of swinging strikes with that slider. Mike Fires at Seattle at Detroit? No. No, no, no. So if you're not, not starting him in this week with what looked like two pretty good matchups, he doesn't need to be owned, right? All right, let me double check here. No, he doesn't. Because I don't. I don't even have him as a two-star pitcher. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the fact that he's coming off a 135-pitch outing, we're always a little concerned about that the next time out. And, yeah, no, I, I basically think I think it was pretty fluky what he did. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, if- he's only 32% owned, but that doesn't if – if you're not starting him in a two-star week against good matchups, I don't know when you are. Um Jonathan Loisega, Baltimore, and Tampa Bay. Do we think he makes both starts? I'm not starting. There's him. a good chance he makes both he starts. He stinks. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm just not that interested. Got good stuff. He does have good and stuff. And on the lower end, not a lot in the really, truly low end. Uh, Wilmer Font might be a two-start pitcher. Is that true? Yeah. Looks like uh, he probably will be. Two good matchups. At Washington is not a bad matchup at this point, and then at Miami is a great one. 
any interest at all in him as a streamer? Um, zero percent. No, I mean, I, I just no, not really. It seems like it do more harm than good. There, there's, there's nothing. Like it's just a total stab in the dark. I feel like good stuff. You like good? You done? I'm done. Okay, so here's what I've got for you. Um, well, first of all, Tyler Malley, pick him up. He's at San Francisco, and he's doing some good stuff, and he's like 21% owned. Tyler Malley has a chance to be someone that you are going to regret not having, so pick him up. Pablo Lopez at the Mets. Not bad. Um, Mets have been ice cold lately. Spencer Turnbull at Minnesota. That's a risky one. It's a tough matchup. Uh, Michael Pineda against Detroit. Zach Davies at the Cubs. I think my favorite would probably be Yanni Chirinos against the Yankees or Griffin Canning at Baltimore. Oh, yeah, I like Canning. Yeah, Lucas Giolito at Toronto. Like, Giolito and Malley are, are maybe, sta- like, pick them up now, see what happens, and get, you know, beat yeah. the waiver wire kind of deal. And then Dakota Hudson against Pittsburgh is iffy, and Vince Velasquez at Kansas City. It's just he's Vince Velasquez, but... um. I think, uh, what do you think? I think Canning is, is a great option. I think Yanni Chirinos is a really good pitcher. Tyler Malley. Does that, did, am I crazy on Tyler Malley? No, no. I, I think he deserves to be way more owned than he is. He's showing, he, he's always had really good command, really good control, but the stuff seems to be a little better this season. And, you know, you said he's at San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I, I thought he should have been started in, as a two-star pitcher versus San, San Francisco and then at San Francisco, so... Yeah, I'm I'm all in on starting him, and he'll probably get rocked somehow. I'm going to start him. I'm just confirming that I actually own him in this league. That I'm, yeah, I'm going to start him. All right, so you got some yeah. options there. And do I have Tyler Malley? I do have Tyler Malley. All right, everybody wins. <laughs> um, hey, happy Mother's Day, everybody! Watch us on CBS Sports HQ on Sunday. Have a great, great weekend. We will talk to you on Monday for Scott and Chris. I am Adam. See you later. We'll talk to you on Monday on Fantasy Baseball Today.